0: Milan Moffat, a sophomore from Largo High School. Welcome to the program.
1: Milan was just, she was incredible. She was just so talented, and I really admired her. All the stars were
0: aligned. The girls' team was really good, Milan Moffat came in. Oh, <laughs> Milan Moffat. She was just uh, a sight to behold. She was just an all in kid. As a freshman, you go to the state championships, you win the mile. Now you go back as a sophomore and you win it again. Are you kind of thinking about the possibility of that four time state championship?
2: Oh, I'll aim for it. Yeah. yeah.
0: There aren't that many people that have done that.
2: I look at it as a challenge. They would have like those field days in, I guess, elementary school. And I would always beat the boys in the races. <laughs> so I guess the word got out that I was fast.
0: Welcome back to All the Miles Mattered. This is Neil Amato. Today we're going to talk about one of the greatest runners in Florida history. Her name is Milan Moffitt, and in the mid-1980s, she was pretty much unstoppable. A little background on Milan Moffitt. She's now Milan Barfield. She says she remains competitive at anything. She doesn't run, but she does play a lot of tennis.
2: That's my sport of choice these days.
0: So you were pretty competitive in high school. Are you competitive as as an adult tennis player?
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm always competitive in anything I do. Cards. I don't like to lose. (laughs) It could be anything as simple as cards. I hate losing. So, yes, I am competitive. But I am trying to reel it in, put everything into perspective. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Her father was a runner.
2: I got started at a very young age. Oh, gosh, I say probably... Around third grade, um, my dad was a runner. He said, oh, you know, you, you can win a prize, you know, that kind of stuff. And of course, kids that young, you're like, ooh, I get a trophy? You know? It was like, it sounded like the coolest thing. So I just really liked uh, coming in first and winning prizes and, you know, like getting those <laughs> little trophies and ribbons and things like that.
0: Yeah. So
2: that's what sort of attracted me.
0: Early on, she was doing more than the one mile fun run to get a little trophy. She and her dad had a plan. This wasn't just show up on a Saturday morning and hope.
2: He would find out where the road races would be and the course for the day of the race. And so we would just sort of walk it through. So I would know where my mile markers were. So I would know if if I'm on time, that kind of thing.
0: Brent Haley, Coach Haley's son, recalls seeing Milan run on a track near a park where he and his dad would play tennis. Milan Moffitt did well in those road races before reaching high school, and so it wasn't long before she became the Packers' top runner in the cross-country season of 1984. One of the people quoted in the introductory clips was Seminole coach Bruce Calhoun. I have a video, and I will share that either to YouTube or to my Instagram account of Bruce Calhoun with the stopwatch watching the lead runner go by. Of course, it's Milan Moffitt, a Largo parent or fan cheers for her and coach Calhoun just watches her go by and then looks at his watch and waits on his runners to catch up he's the one who said she was a sight to behold and that was the truth Milan Moffat won five individual state titles she won the junior and senior year cross country titles the girls then ran two miles and in track she won the mile three times as a freshman in 1985, a sophomore in 86, and a senior in 1988. I know she was a heck of a competitor and a terrific kid. She was an all-in kid. She's going to do whatever you tell her to do to the best of her ability, whether you're there or not. And there's a whole lot of people that aren't like that. That's it. I mean, she had all those things. She had ability and a great work ethic. Coach Haley mentioned that work ethic, that willingness, that willingness. To put in the miles when no one was really watching, and Milon Moffat certainly had that commitment. I asked her about what it was like being a teenager and still continuing to do that work. Do you ever think, like, gosh, why do I do this?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. especially like during your teenage years, everyone's doing cool things, you know, hanging out with friends and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, I've got to get this training in because it is something you have to do if you really want to be competitive and perfect your craft, you had to practice every day as just part of it. And so you had to make that time and that commitment to do that. And so, yeah, there were days that you're like, oh, do I really want to do this? And then, you you know, you think about it and you're like, yeah. Because, you know, once you start running and you're like, yeah, I, I enjoy this. So, you know, everyone has those days, I'm sure. But um, I know I did.
0: Now, her best hope to take home what the Largo program referred to as the Triple Crown was in her senior year, fall of 87 and spring of 88. She won the cross-country title in 87. She won the one mile in track in 88. And she was in a last lap battle in the two mile on the track with Buffy Bruns of Coral Springs. As it turned out, Bruns had a little more in the tank for that two mile.
2: Yeah, Buffy, I beat her in cross-country, but she got me in the track.
0: And so Milan Moffitt was denied in her attempt at the Triple Crown. Now, I'll talk more about that Triple Crown in another episode. No matter what, Milan Moffitt left her mark on distance running. Her coach, officially, was a guy named Harry Caruth. Harry Caruth had actually had one of his sons run for Coach Haley, but he was not a running coach, so to speak. Harry Caruth was the girls' coach, and he was a swimming coach. And he knew that I knew more than he did, and he was a good guy. There was no jealousy, no anything. He knew that she would be better if she was running with us. And I put her in there with the boys, just like she was a boy as far as times go with the boys of their ability. So Milan did a lot of her workouts with the boys. She was just as good as many of them.
1: So
2: really, Coach Haley was my primary coach.
0: You know, it made sense. Milan Moffitt looks back fondly on her time being coached by Coach Haley.
2: He was awesome. I, I can't say enough positive things about Coach Haley because he had a way of getting you to be the best person, like you're the best runner, but also person that you could be. It was like it went beyond running. You know what I mean? He wanted you to be a more, you know, well-rounded individual. And and so it wasn't running wasn't like the focus. It's like that wasn't his priority. His priority was you as an individual.
0: I spoke to one of Milan Moffitt's running peers in Pinellas County from that time, Seminole's Michelle Kreisel, who went on to run at William & Mary collegiately. Kreisel rarely beat Moffitt, and she recalls in particular, often going out really fast in races. She liked the shorter distances anyway.
1: I never felt anxiety about racing. I just like went out and to my detriment would go out in first place a lot. (laughs) And then slow down and get passed by Milan and other people.
0: <laughs> Michelle Kreisel is now Michelle Harris. She recalls in one race, the 1987 state cross-country meet, when she had Milan Moffat in her sights. It turns out that the time difference between first place Milan and second place Michelle was four seconds.
1: Okay, I was wondering the time difference, because in my mind, it's not very big, because my recall of that race is very... It's interesting. You know how sometimes in your life or in your sporting life, you have like kind of peak moments? That race was one for me. I was more of a middle distance runner. I ran the 800, 880 back in those days. I ran the mile. I did the four by 440, and I high jumped. Those are my events. Cross country, I did, but I was never quite as good at it. But that meet, for whatever reason, everything came together for me. And I kind of remember it being chilly and we had some little, I probably called them hills at the time, but there was some terrain more than we were used to having, probably nothing significant, but more than we were used to having. And I just remember being out on that course and kind of running along. I looked up in the second half of the race. We only ran two miles, the girls at that time. And I'm like, wow, Milan's, I can see her. Like <laughs> She's not that far away. And I managed to accelerate and I think over the last half mile I just remember pulling closer and closer and when as we got to the finish line, I was closing in and I just remember everyone cheering and um however far behind her I ended up, my family afterwards was like, you know, if that race would have been ten meters longer, be the pastor. It was really that kind of thing. Like I was closing the gap. But I think part of it was is I had never beat her, right? Ever. I kind of didn't didn't register for me that I could, but I still treasure that race because even though i didn't win it, it was really one of the best performances I had for sure, and um, it was exciting, and just that feeling that was definitely a runner's high feeling
0: you know you brought up you recall Milan beating you a lot, but come on, I mean she beat just about everyone
1: oh yeah, she was amazing. She was one year older than me, so I think I ran behind her for three years. And she was just so talented, and I really admired her. You know, she was somebody I looked up to because I always wanted to run as well as her. And I never really got to talk to her or get to know her very well. I did get develop relationships with um, some other runners, mostly Margie Weber from Countryside. Um, We were the same year, and by senior year, we were pretty good friends. Um, Milan was a little quieter, I think, back in those days. She seemed quieter, a little more to herself, but I definitely admired her and would have loved to have been able to race a little closer to her.
0: When she was a sophomore, Milan Moffat was a guest on a local show on the old Vision Cable Network, talking about the state track meet in spring 1986. Moffitt had some typically teenage responses and giggles to the questions of Mike Moore. Moore was a regular in the 1980s at Pinellas County High School sports events. And I talked to Mike Moore some for this podcast. I sent him his interviews. He kind of chuckles at them because he was young and probably not as sharp as he would have liked to be. But anyway, those interviews unearthed some good nuggets. One of the things he brought up was a runner named Betty Jo Springs. As a freshman, you go to the state championships, you win the mile. Now you go back as a sophomore, and you win it again. Are mm-hmm. uh, you kind of thinking about the possibility of that? Four-time mm-hmm. state yeah. championship?
2: Oh, well, aim for
0: it. Yeah. For sure. There aren't many people that have done that. If yeah. you do that, your name will be up there on the, yeah. with the very few people that have done that. I'll
2: look at it as so a challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I know there's a runner, Betty Jo Springs. I guess. Betty Jo Springs of Bradenton's Bayshore High School, maybe the most decorated runner in Florida history. And she's one of the best the United States has ever had.
1: Betty Springs wasn't just born to run. She was born to win. She thoroughly dominated collegiate track and cross country in her time at NC State.
0: She won the first NCAA Women's Championship in any sport when she won the 1981 cross country national title. She won 15 individual state championships, four in cross country, 11 in track. And she probably would have had 12 in track, except in her freshman year, the longest distance that high school girls ran in Florida in track season was one mile. So she couldn't win a two-mile title. So her sophomore, junior, and senior years, Betty Jo Springs, at the state 3A track meet, won each of the 880, the mile, and the two-mile. It's a pretty impressive triple. Very few people are able to do that. There's just not enough time between those events to recover unless you are just heads and shoulders better than everyone else. There was one other runner in state history, at least among public schools, who accomplished that feat. In 1980 at the 4A level, Lisa Beck of Clearwater also won the 880, the mile, and the two mile. It's interesting that Betty Jo Springs was able to win the state titles that she did. Because if she comes along just a few years earlier, she doesn't even have the opportunity. Sports for girls, let's be honest, there weren't as many opportunities for them in the 70s. And while the opportunities have grown, girls didn't run two miles in track when they first started the state meet. It was not until 1997 that girls in Florida ran the same distance as the boys in the fall cross-country season, three miles and later a 5K, 3.1 miles. Looking back, it's kind of crazy. It makes me wonder what people were thinking. But it wasn't just in Florida where that thinking prevailed, that girls or women couldn't handle long races. It was the summer that Milan Moffat started high school that was the first year women ran the marathon in the Olympics. That was 1984 in Los Angeles.
2: Two of the favorites run side by side. Joan Benoit of the United States
0: wearing the white cap and Greta Weiss of Norway. We've talked some about Milan Moffat's success and on an upcoming episode of All the Miles Mattered, we're going to zero in on the 1986 cross-country season, which was one of upheaval for Milan Moffat and other runners on the boys' and girls' side. Here's a preview. I've done the research, I've looked at the clips, and I'm convinced the 1986 season, just in cross-country in the fall, could be its own podcast.
1: I
2: felt like I was infringing upon her territory a little bit.
0: And you were telling me that Jenny Souls from Keswick Christian is going to join the team, and she's just a freshman. She was tremendous as a ninth grader. She was better than me, on have been pretty lucky as far as injuries. Have you had yes, very Yeah, I've
2: never been injured. So never been injured? No. You know, a
0: little muck on wood here.
2: <laughs> I guess being top dog and then you're not anymore, <laughs> it can be an adjustment.
1: When you have that gift and to have to lose that was devastating. Devastating beyond what I can even explain
2: this legend of roger
0: letchworth he texted me he's like do you remember roger letchworth i'm like oh my god yeah i remember roger letchworth he always wore those high socks No, he had flowing rock and roll hair none of the runners really had that
1: that's like the only thing i remember about him is that he had long dark hair uh letchworth if i'm not mistaken ran right around 14 minutes
0: on our course